Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're right. welcome. This is Horror Movie Night. Welcome to Horror Movie Night. Welcome to Horror Movie Night. Um, <laughs> tonight we're going to be talking about Tromeo and Juliet, a movie with rape and incest. Welcome to Horror Movie Night. <laughs> 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 Troma here. We love Lloyd Kaufman, but occasionally, Lloyd, you and James Gunn tend to just produce an 80-minute mad TV sketch. Uh, <laughs> this is before Slither, and it was before Guardians of the Galaxy, and you know this is where you go and you learn from your mistakes. So we're going to discuss an entire movie of mistakes. Welcome to Tromeo and Juliet on this week's episode of Horror Movie Night. <laughs> So yeah. we just, I have a lot of notes about how this movie's terrible. <laughs> well, you know, we just Matt just met Lloyd, and he gave us a big shout out on Twitter where he talked about how he was going to jerk off to our uh, our show, and um, I so I'll t- I wrote that I wrote that intro. I'll take the bullet on that one. <laughs> it's a monster um, penis shaped bullet. So so I know that you guys don't like the movie, which is which is fine. There's a weird thing about this movie that I that I have written down, which is that this is um, both the lowest budgeted trauma film and it's also the most critically well received trauma film in their history. <laughs> That's insane. Like how is this this more critically well received than Toxie? Like Timing. or I mean Toxic Avenger. Timing. It was all yeah. about timing. This is the 90s, and this movie feels so very, very fucking 90s. Oh, my God. Yeah, everybody's dressed like a No Doubt video. <laughs> yeah, I think that – and maybe that's the thing that I in, like enjoy about this movie is that it has a very um, – and I hate that I'm about to say the next few words, but it has like a very like – Punk, like this was the beginning of like the trauma punk rock anarchy aesthetic that they became known for in the 90s and early 2000s where it was just like we don't give any shits we don't care who we piss off we're just gonna fucking make movies and we're gonna make them as vile and disgusting as we want them to be 
Um, this was the first movie I ever got through Netflix. <laughs> that's that really says a lot about you man i would love to see matt's like netflix listings like when you call in and they look at your support and they they like see all the movies that you rented they're like this fucking guy it started all right so i've not be able to pin him down though like they'd be they'd they'd look at it and just say how many people are on this guy's account so, so let me tell you guys a quick story from from San Diego because I I just got back from San Diego Comic Con. Um, there's nothing Wait, more really? hum. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's nothing more humbling than when you're trying to make a purchase and your card is not working, and you have to call your credit card company, and they go. After they go through all the verification things, they go. Um, yes, we just want to make a quick confirmation. Uh, did you just spend $65 at a full moon pictures? And I said, uh, yes, I did. And they're like, and additionally, did you just spend $30 at a trauma pictures? And I'm like, uh, trauma. <laughs> yes, trauma. that's, that's, that's correct. And they go, and $20 at the Nickelodeon's children's magazine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh just, my God. And you're just standing there on the phone, like, uh huh. Like, really, like really running down. Earlier today, did you spend uh, $25 on candy and a copy of Tiger Beat? Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> that was like, we were joking about it because Jonathan's like, they're sitting there like, oh, this can't be right. The record say that this guy's 32 years old. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and if you if they give you a shit, just, just be like, Age is just a number, man. <laughs> Look, man, my friend asked me to get her some Hey Arnold plushie dolls for a kid, and I was like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, this this kid is totally real. Definitely not. <laughs> my imagination, uh, that that kid's name out. was <laughs> Football Head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so Lloyd was extremely excited uh, to see to see me and Jonathan. Um, Way back when, when I last, when I previously had been going to San Diego Comic Con in like 2010, 2011, Troma was our neighbors uh, every year. So he re remembers us from that. And Jonathan had had a bunch of short films that played at a bunch of Lloyd's film festivals. So he knows Jonathan really well. So that was why well, I've always been friendly with Lloyd. He's a really good dude. I love Troma and Juliet, but I can absolutely understand why this is like this is either the make it or break it for a lot of people with the uh, with Troma's later pictures. You either watch this and you say, "Man, I really enjoyed this. I think I'm going to watch like Terror Firmer and Poultry Geist and Citizen Toxie," or you watch this and go, ah, "I'm just going to stick with uh, I'm going to stick with Class of Nukem High and Toxie and call it a day." Yeah, but if you do make that decision, I implore you to watch Terror Firmer because it's a million times better than this movie. The only problem with Terraformer, though, is Terraformer is very much like you can't make that your first trauma film. It's way too much of like inside jokes about all of the other films to like work as the first and about, film. Like the film industry in general. And it's got a whole sleepaway camp vibe going on to it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> that it does. All right. So let's let's talk about this movie. Um, it kicks off with a dead squirrel hanging from a noose and Lemmy of Motorhead speaking in rhyme. You know, OK, so that my my like, OK, uh, my very first. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My very first note is Lemmy lending credence to this pile of crap. Um, but 
I was like, wait, are they actually going to have this whole movie in iambic pentameter? At first, I was like, oh, God, please no. And then I thought about it for another second. I was like, that would actually make it pretty sweet. But they uh, did. The, the original script was. Uh, James Gunn's original script was entirely in iambic pentameter. That and Lloyd asked, him, uh, Lloyd asked him to remove it and only use it in very specific scenes. So it's usually... Um, part of when the actual origins of Tromeo and Juliet are being told, it's always in iambic pentameter. When we're in the modern day, what's happening in the very now, it's in regular uh, dialogue. You see, I, I get that cons. I, I get that conceptually, yeah. but really, it doesn't read correctly when you're watching because you're you're thinking. Why is this in iambic pentameter when the last twenty minutes have not been have been just people talking like jerks yeah every everything about this movie comes out of nowhere like nothing seems to fit together very well so having let me do a soliloquy at the beginning of the movie is like fucking whatever because later on we're gonna have a guy blew their entire budget on lemmy and the cock monster the cock monster yes i bet lemmy not so much i think lemmy just likes trauma movies so he's like yeah because lemmy appears in all of them now yeah like fucking everyone well not anymore because now he's dead but um, Lemmy also apparently drank like a bottle of Jack for breakfast every day. So I feel like this day he might have had two or three breakfasts <laughs> this morning. Or, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the hobbits, right? Yeah. Um, so to answer your question with the penis monster, which is kind of the star of the movie, um, Lloyd talks about it in his book, Everything I Ever Need to Know About Filmmaking I Learned from the Toxic Avenger. And in that he explains that in the original script, it was written that it was going to be like this seven, eight foot tall, monstrous puppet that was going to bite off Juliet's head and blood was going to spray everywhere. And he kept hyping it up to all the producers and he was so excited. And he's like, and then I get, he goes, I get to set and they've presented me with a Muppet. He's like, That's- <laughs> wait, wait. So basically what he was trying to do is succeed where Rawhead Rex failed, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's two cock blocks legitimately. <laughs> yeah, and then in this movie, instead of a priest getting uh, piss in his face, Lloyd just pisses in my face for 90 minutes. <laughs> uh, he, Is this movie 90 minutes long because it feels like an eternity? <laughs> it's a little bit longer than 90. It's probably like an hour 45. We get a close-up of a nipple being pierced, which is something that I always am oh, reminded I scene. don't need in my life. God, yeah, wait, wait. Let me find my... Yes, it's all – okay, so for everybody listening, our conversation about this movie for the last two months was me. Matt, are you seriously going to pick Tromeo and Juliet? Matt, yeah, it's not nearly as bad as what you think it is. Me, dude, I really don't want to watch Tromeo and Juliet. I've been putting it off for forever. I really don't want to watch it. Matt, uh, dude, just don't be a sourpuss like you were on all my other movies. Me. <laughs> When have I ever been a sourpuss? Matt, forbidden plant, uh, forbidden zone. Me, okay, good point. But <laughs> um, give me another suggest. Give me another uh, pick that I was an asshole on. Matt, I don't have another one because I'm a wimp and I'm making stuff up. Me, I'll do my best. I believe not- I said Space Invaders. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a, it, it reads a lot funnier when you sound like a baby. Uh, <laughs> All right, so but but like I gave you many many opportunities not to pick this film, and you were adamant. 
that it was going to be a good time and it's going to be a good episode. And, and you were like so jazzed about it. And I was like, Matt, this is going to be super gross. I don't want to watch it. It makes me icky, feel icky just like thinking about Tromeo and Juliet. And I quote, you said, it's not as gross as you think it is. <laughs> and then my note right here. All caps. Matt, how is this not gross? I just watched a woman get her nipple pierced close up. Fuck. <laughs> um, like I, so anyway, so we have the... <laughs> why? Why? I actually forgot about that scene. As I was watching, I was like, oh man, Scott's not going to be happy. <laughs> like, I will never forget about that scene. And I will never forgive you Anyone that watch scene. that and be happy about having seen it. I don't... I fucking... Yeah, boy, boy, you like us, apparently. Blame this. Like, why would you do this to us? We trusted you. So another another one of my notes that I have is, uh, I believe that this film has the most attractive trauma cast as well as the most tits in a trauma film. God, there are so many boobs in this movie. <laughs> but I also would not necessarily say that, I mean, okay, I will give you the fact that there are a lot of prostitutes in this movie that don't look like drug addicts. Or they don't look like unattractive I'm drug just saying, addicts. They look like attractive drug addicts. Have you seen some of the slam hogs that have yeah. made it into other drum, drum uh, Matt, like, I, I appreciate your use of the term slam hogs, but I don't really think that you would throw any of them out of bed. Like, you <laughs> have no place criticizing the women that show up in the trauma movies. Not complaining. Said, I'm just saying that they are definitely more attractive in this and maybe return to Newcomb High and then a lot of the oh, other well, ones. That's, yeah, well, let's like just assume that Return in Newcomb High doesn't exist at this point. Yeah. So yes, Tromeo and Juliet has the most attractive cast. That said, uh, there are some extraordinarily unattractive people in this film. Uh, none of which are apparently related to James Gunn, which was a real surprise for me because his brother is a very unattractive man as well. I, uh, a spoiler alert, watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I was going to talk about it and what did we watch? <laughs> his brother, brother is quite unattractive. Yeah, his brother's um, in this though. He is? I didn't recognize him. Yeah, he's him the there. one who gets his head smashed into the fire uh, hydrant. Oh, which is super gnarly, by yeah, the way. that's like one of the best parts in the movie, I think. That's that scene's fucking dope. And it's like, yeah, that's Sean Gunn. I, see, I didn't recognize him. I, I, I'm glad it's not just me. Yeah. I feel yeah, like that's, he that's has his brother. He puts his brother in pretty much everything. up since, these, since this fucking movie. <laughs> Which is not saying much because he still probably weighs as much as me soaking wet <laughs> in 2017. But like that scene, I, I, I want to talk about that scene real quick. We'll jump back uh, in time in a second. But like that scene for me is one of the more uncomfortable scenes in a trauma film. It's a really gnarly scene, but like the performance that James Gunn or that Sean Gunn puts in there where he's like trying to put his brains back into his head and stuff is so unsettling and like disturbing that that part really bugs me like that and then it's gonna cut to like tromeo you know meeting juliet and that's really lovely and then it's gonna cut to a penis monster but then it's gonna cut to soliloquies about how they want to be together and love each other and then it cuts to the weird sex stream with the maggots inside of the stomach <laughs> you can't it's, it's fucking gross they're two completely different they're fucking mag like opposite and, and magnets that should not attract trauma and fucking Shakespeare. What the fuck? Who thought of this idea? James Gunn. That's who. Fuck you, James Gunn. Fuck. This movie This movie feels like... It feels like one half of it is a sincere attempt at a Romeo and Juliet movie, and the other half is an Apex Twins music video. 
Uh, I think you're giving it way too much credit because Apex Twins is way higher budget. Like three minutes of Apex Twins is way higher budget than an hour and forty five. This is more like that corn video that corn tried to put out with that in, in, included someone actually eating human shit. It's more like that video, that banned corn music video. Yeah. What? Wait, that was a. Th- I didn't know that that was a thing. Are you talking about corn? Or are you talking about Nine Inch Nails? Because like the there was that one about like that one like quote unquote snuff video that they did and that that Trent Reznor did in the 90s oh, and I can't I, I never saw it but people talked remember, about it I think it's broken it was called broken the broken video yeah Adam's got to do some research <laughs> he's like I'll be back I'm not even bothering googling that shit I don't give a shit you don't want that in your browser. Are you history. just thinking that it's corn because sometimes there's corns in your poop and you're getting really confused? Yeah, it was like a... <laughs> they don't have corn up in Canada. It was like an automatic word association. We're pretty close to Nebraska. We get corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> I have one quote in this movie. Oh, actually, I wrote two quotes down from this movie. But the one uh, I completely forgot about, because I haven't watched this movie in like five or six years. I used to watch this movie all the time. I subjected a lot of friends in college to this movie. Um, and you wonder why you're alone. Yeah, but it, it was the quote where Tromeo wakes up his dad, and his dad just goes, I was having myself a dream about cows. And then it starts, what ends up being, like, there's a weird theme where cows just keep popping up throughout the movie after that point. Like, his dad says that, and then Tromeo's at a costume party dressed as a cow, and the one guy's a butcher, so there's all this stuff with that, and then Juliet is turned into a mutant cow. Like, there's... <laughs> so does that happen in real, I mean, quote-unquote, real life in this movie? Like, I, I don't want to really talk too much about that scene, but I... I don't know if it's because I fast forwarded it a little bit, just tiny little bit, yeah. guys. Um, but like, what is real and what is not real in the this movie? End- like, I, I, does she really get changed into a the ending with the mutant children? So as they look it's- there, as far as I'm concerned, that yeah. that's the and the real ending of the movie is they're together. They've got the mutant kids. So, however they're looking in that scene, I forget. Well, the cow. So the cow thing is instead of having them take a potion that would kill them she took a potion that would make her unattractive to the guy that she was supposed to marry um so it mutated her temporarily into a cow creature but then true love but then true love's kiss returned her to her original form god this movie <laughs> uh so so you you had a quote there i have a quote for you where fo- so so you mentioned romeo's dad and and i have a note that it's so funny that Romeo's dad is black. It's just hilarious. Um, and then he's a fart monster, so that just makes it even funnier. The guy that did Spookies probably fucking loves this movie and watches it more often than you do. <laughs> so his dad apparently has to has to speak an iambic pentameter for about like literally one sentence. Which that's what I'm saying is your whole suggestion that when they're talking about the relationship, it's in iambic pentameter but everything else is modern i don't think that really gels because i have a quote wherefore art thou romeo it doesn't mean where are you wherefore art thou romeo means why are you named romeo (laughs) why are you in montague and therefore like i cannot be with you because our our families are at war that's the whole point of the original shakespeare's 
the original Shakespearean quote is, wherefore art thou Romeo, as in why are you a, in that family that we are at war with? Not, where are you? I can't see you. Show me your location. And it just bugged the yeah, shit God. out of me. But then there's a That's bunch of boobs been in the next episode. Another session, episode so. <laughs> of Things You Should Know. This week we did English 101 Lit. Um, I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. <laughs> Apparently, James Gunn didn't take that. Well, class. he just needs. Um, the other the other quote that I have written down is a uh, is a quote from my favorite uh, trauma actor. Uh, I believe this was his second role in a trauma film. Uh, Joe Flyshaker who is no longer with us, but he played the... Is he the massively fat dude that's in every trauma Yeah, the movie? massively fat uh, sex phone operator. Uh, and the quote that I wrote is he goes, that's right, we're having major sex right now. <laughs> <laughs> that Oh, by the way, Rome, Tromeo's, uh, Tromeo's masturbation scene was the saddest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Seriously, like that guy is too... Uh, he should have actually gotten an award for how realistic that was. I actually thought that I was watching Matt get <laughs> home from ten days in California. It's this, if I recall, because I watched this before. The last time I watched this was before I left for California. But if I recall correctly, the porn that he's watching isn't even like so much that it's sexy. It's like it's just topless girls talking about how they want to like hang out and talk to you, right? <laughs> She says, like, don't you love me or something like that? He's like, yeah. oh, who loves yeah. you? I think, I think that's partially in his imagination as well. Like, he's, he's oh. such, like, a noble guy that the porn that he would watch or, like, I don't know. It's so weird. I hate, I hate, I, okay. Hey, li listen, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with enjoying passion HD, all right? I'm sorry. I'm more of an allinternal.com kind of guy. Um, <laughs> yes. Man, we got back to our sponsorship. Sweet. <laughs> so, so here's a here's a commentary that I wanted to make. The sexy cook at the beginning, like the lesbian sexy cook, is really creepy. Yeah. She's like, she, I'm guessing that she's supposed to be older and more experienced than Juliet, and so she's basically taking advantage of this adolescent girl and making her eat her out, right? Because she's like, oh, you should just be a lesbian, and she's like. But I have feelings for men, and she's like, "You'll get over it." It's fucked up. But so, so the um, her all the the that is creepy. But also, it's disturbing that her tattoos look like they came out of a five cent vending machine. Uh, they look like the kind that you lick and put on your arm. Um, and I'm guessing they were because that would really fall in line with the uh, the the budget that they had for Tromeo and Juliet. But then there, I'm pretty sure, and. I don't want to be told I'm wrong here, so let's just agree to disagree that et to blowjob is a line in this film. Is that correct? I believe so. Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. I'm like looking at some of the facts here. James Gunn was paid $150 for the screenplay. <laughs> 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 uh, and the actress who plays um, Juliet's nurse is actually a year younger than her in real life. Fun fact. That's, that's fine. It's just like how we watch all those slasher flicks and all the high schoolers are 25. Uh, here we go. For many years from the film's release, movie goers. Yeah, all of the tattoos are fake except for one. 
Uh, and she pierced her belly button from the start of the film so that she could see what it was like to have it done for character work uh, during her romantic scenes between her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I totally went down on a bunch of girls because it was character yeah. work. Like, <laughs> um, and then here's the only other moderately interesting fact in here is the scene in which London, uh, London Arbuckle dives through a window, caused the stuntman nearly to die. Uh, when he first jumped through the window, the sugar glass was too thick to break, so they just took the glass out, and the stuntman forgot that there wasn't anything there and dove at full Ooh, force. Jesus Christ. Um, but he was all right. Well, uh, I, I guess you can never <laughs> – yeah. yeah, you can never uh, accuse that guy of being, you know, a Rhodes scholar. Uh, Troma has this weird – Troma has this weird thing. We were talking about, like, the lesbian thing and all that stuff. They have this weird thing where I think that they think it's going to be funny – but it actually always just comes off as gross and like disturbing and kind of turns your stomach a little bit like with those lesbian jokes at the beginning and with like the popcorn scene and stuff like it's all stuff that probably on the day of they're all like not taking it very seriously and yuck yucking it up and then you get it in the editing room and you're like god damn it what the fuck have we done like (laughs) but they got to keep it because they need an hour and a half or more runtime well, fucking Lloyd's not going back and reshooting anything, right? So, fucking, of course <laughs> we got to keep true. it. We fucking don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing. So, uh, piggybacking off of what Adam just said, um, this is just so boring. Like, <laughs> it's gross and boring. And, and, and I find that this is the way I feel about most trauma. Sorry, Lloyd. But, like, I, I appreciate the whole point of schlock cinema – and I get what the social and emotional impact they're supposed to have is. And they're supposed to be counterculture and like anti-movies. But how is this so boring? There's an hour and 45 minutes of material here. And I was bored or and or grossed out at all times. So, But then right after that note Because that so have, much of it is just bad, 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 bad dialogue. Yeah, it, it, there's so much talking in this movie. And on that note, here's a quote. They're Shakespearean prose, and then I quote: "I'm gonna go jerk off in my hand and swish it around in the punch bowl." That's actually not a half bad line, but the delivery is so shitty that it's just not funny. Yeah, the the actor who plays Murray is like hamming it up way too fucking much. But this movie's like a lot of slapstick anyway, and you guys know I very much dislike. Yeah. All things slapstick. Have you seen? So I didn't like. Did you see what the no. soundtrack was for this movie, by the way? Because this was one of the like, I feel like this was one of the soundtracks that they probably invested the most money in obtaining semi-notable bands for. No. So you got you got Motorhead on there, obviously. Um, the which was yeah, free. The Ass Ponies <laughs> did a song. Uh, the Wesley Will also free. the Wesley Willis fiasco did a song for the for the soundtrack. Uh, Super Chunk, Sublime wrote a song specifically for the movie. What? And uh, Unsane did one of the songs in the movie. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, what song I'm was the Sublime that, song? Uh, I Am Romeo. Yeah. Wow, that's a terrible Sublime song. <laughs> 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 but hey, it's Sublime. Uh, and then... I, sorry, there was this other fact that I find funny. 
Uh, the lead singer of the Ass Ponies requested a check from the company for $9.95 for the purpose of framing it on his wall. Lloyd stated that as soon as he found out that that was the purpose, he also canceled the check. <laughs> uh uh so so uh two things one new rule no more coma and second thing uh they couldn't pay for air conditioning in this movie everyone looks because everyone is so sweaty (laughs) it's like why why like at least they were well hydrated i guess and i can't remember if this is the first or second film to utilize the infamous car crash uh, but the there is a car crash that has been used in every single trauma film since. That's funny because I said they have no money for actors, but they always at least have one car crash. <laughs> yeah, they just kept building around that car crash. So many movies already. Like, of course they, of course they had used it twenty times at this point. <laughs> um, so the the one last thing that I have to throw in there real quick is. Uh, did you guys catch James Gunn's cameo in the movie as well? No. Uh, he is the father in the car singing the I Found Myself a Peanut song before they get in a car crash when the head falls on their window. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing too crazy. Apparently, uh, Ron Jeremy also shot a cameo, but they did not use it. So there was at least one scene that ended up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> All right, we've given 30 minutes of our lives to this movie. Can we move on to something else? Yeah, please, for the love of God. Like horror movies? Like wrestling? Check out the Gore Horseman Podcast. Each week, we pick a month and year and review the world of horror and wrestling at that time. From slashes to suplexes, vampires to Vicky Guerrero, the Gore Horseman Podcast covers it all. Check us out on Twitter, at Gore Pod, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Please, Adam, why don't you tell me what you've been watching this week? I want you to just go. Um, let's let's rattle this off. So it's been like three weeks since we recorded, right? Basically. Yeah. Okay. So Olive Glow, Preacher, um, Game of Thrones. I watched um oh, I watched a couple of movies. I watched Kong Skull Island. Um, do you guys remember the other ones when I sent you that list? That was so long ago. I watched so many fucking things in consecutive, like consecutive. Uh, you sent us. I list. don't remember getting a list at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I watched a lot of stuff. New Game of Thrones is great. That's all. That's I'm done. <laughs> uh, Scott, what did you watch? All right. So since I'm guessing, well, let's just assume that. The No One Lives episode isn't complete garbage, so uh, I'll, uh, let's just assume that the Glow conversation is on there. Um, but I uh, watched all of Iron Fist after much deliberation because uh, people were so – they were like, it's the worst of all the Netflix Marvel shows. Actually, I liked it better than Luke Cage, and I think I liked it almost or as much as Jessica Jones – I mean, it would be better than Jessica Jones if Jessica Jones hadn't had David Tennant in it. But Iron Fist was great, and here is the reason why people hate it. They hate it because he's a kung fu master that doesn't know kung fu. I like it because I don't like kung fu and ninjas, but it's not a make or break for me because I don't care to watch people do kung fu on TV. That was actually my least favorite part about Buffy when I used to watch Buffy. So it actually worked out well for me. It was entertaining. I liked the angle that they had for 
the character of Iron Fist. Uh, I, I felt like the ending was a bit abrupt, but and I also felt like it was less about villains and more about um, kind of character development, which is is a you know it's a mixed bag. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I mean, I'd say definitely if you are on the fence about watching Iron Fist because you heard negative things, if you aren't a, a crazy kung fu fanatic you'll probably have a good time but that said i also watched guardians of the galaxy volume 2 it is hilarious i mean nothing is going to be no guardians of the galaxy is going to be as good or funny as the first one but i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed guardians of the galaxy volume 2 and i actually thought drax was a lot funnier in this movie like he so far you know in in the in in his two films in the the marvel cinematic universe he has gotten funnier, and so I'm a, I'm positive that they'll have the Guardians in the uh, Infinity War movie that's going to come out next year. I think it is um, that, and so I'm assuming that he's going to be even funnier in that, which is cool because Dave Bautista. I mean, I don't really care about wrestling, as everyone knows, but I I think that he is just a really charming dude. Yeah, he is insanely funny uh, in in at least the first one. I still haven't seen Volume Two, but I will get to it uh, soon. Well, that was a spoiler-free explanation. Like, I really, I assume that that movie didn't get as much uh, as many eyeballs as I would have expected it to get. Um, and I think that it really coincided with the time it was released, uh, like calendar-wise, because. The reason that we didn't see it earlier is because we chose to see Wonder Woman in theaters instead of Guardians, and then we caught it at a dollar theater. We caught Guardians at a dollar theater. So um, for us, though, like we don't really go to the movies a lot because it's a real fucking hassle, you know. Like I don't, I don't like going out and dealing with other people in a movie theater because oftentimes they're going to be loud and they're going to talk and they're going to yell, and especially if it's a uh, you know, a movie like that's quasi comedy, like Guardians of the Galaxy. So I avoided that because I knew that we were going to go see Wonder Woman, and because Megan was like super amped to go see Wonder Woman. She loves Guardians of the Galaxy, but she was way more excited about Wonder Woman because it's a female character and it's something that she's been waiting to see. And I already talked about how amazing that film was. I don't think I actually I talked about it on the podcast, but I did say in the group that we both love that movie. Right. Uh, and I will go over two quick things that I watched uh, during my California adventure. Um, the first thing that I watched was a Steven Seagal film called Belly of the Beast. Um, I saw this because uh, a coworker had continuously told me, you like So Bad It's Good Movies. This is the worst So Bad It's Good movie. Uh, and I thought, Psh, impossible. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> It was possible. Uh, not only did I watch it with my coworker and love it, I then immediately spent the buck fifty to get a used copy on Amazon to take with me to California, and I watched it with Jonathan and his brother Paul, and it was the best night humanly possible. We could not stop laughing. The concept of the movie is that Steven Seagal, at his absolute fattest, is uh, in as absolute yeah, status is in Thailand. So you've got seven foot, three hundred and fifty pounds, Steven Seagal, just boredly wandering through fucking Thailand. But 
he's doing it's all like wire work kung fu with steven seagal so it's like him just gliding on the floor and like doing these elaborate kung fu moves but he just looks bored and confused like it looks like a parody of an action film but you can tell that they're being sincere at one point he sideways explodes out of the side of a train while shooting two guns simultaneously but again it's a 350 pound steven seagal doing it um he never takes off his kimono john started to refer to him as the kung fu couch because he just looked like a piece of furniture like everywhere he went we were fucking dying if you can find a copy of it it's super cheap online buy it get a pizza get some friends and some beers over i promise you you are going to have a good evening with belly the beast then uh while we were waiting to set up the booth at san diego comic-con uh a friend of ours heidi told me that she had a copy. She brought a copy of a movie that she wanted me to watch. And it was the first film she ever acted in. And it was a film called Serial. And she was like, it is the worst horror movie I've ever seen. Which again, it's like, I've... And you helped make it. (laughs) It was like one of those like, I've seen some pretty bad horror movies. Let's give this a shot. And holy fucking shit, this movie is atrociously bad uh, we had a blast watching it in the hotel room we never stopped laughing there will be a bonus episode uh, probably by next week where John Heidi and I sat down and discussed this movie and discussed with her what it was like to be an actress in this movie uh, we're doing it as a bonus episode because it is physically impossible to find a copy of this movie but because of the excitement level that we had discussing it, Heidi has sent – I sent her the interview. She has sent it to the director of the movie to convince him that he needs to make it readily available on the internet so that other people can enjoy what was a failed attempt at a good movie at one point in his life. So uh, stay tuned for that bonus episode and absolutely stay tuned for when I post the link <laughs> to this movie. Uh, all I'll say is that I made three joking predictions on who the killer was in the movie, and all three of them were right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, that's all I have. So, that was Tromeo and Juliet from, I want to say, 1996, uh, directed by Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, much later in the 90s than you than one would expect. You look at it and think, like, 91, maybe 92 at the latest. Um, yep. As you can tell, we weren't, like, the world's biggest fans of it, but, hey, it, it happens, I guess, sometimes. I loved it, but I love a lot of shit. Uh, but you can tell us about some shit that you liked that none of your friends enjoyed by sending us an email at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and there is a spot where you can go. And you can find all of the Horror Movie Night episodes, every single one of them, including bonus episodes and retroactive episodes. I hope you enjoyed the retroactive episodes. You can check them out at hmnpodcast.com, made by our very own Stephen Bay. Thank you so much, Stephen Bay. I owe you a couple mouth hugs. E2 blowjob. We will be back next week. Thank you for dealing with all of the craziness over the last month or so as we've tried to work out uh, audio issues and people moving and me doing conventions that took me away from everything for two weeks uh, you guys have been awesome and patient and we are eternal grateful, eternally grateful for that uh, so tune in next week we'll be back bye
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 